Hello, and welcome to Co-op Cast. This week, Steve and Elijah will catch up on some reviews and get you all the co-op news. Welcome to Co-op Cast. My name's Steve, and in this week's episode, we're going to talk about the Slack community, what's been going on in that. And we're going to cover some cooperative news, and then we're going to discuss and review Imperial Assault which is a Star Wars kind of dungeon call game, and we're going to be focusing on the cooperative mode of it. Joining me today is Elijah. Hello. How are you doing today, Steve? Doing fine. How about yourself? Great. Let's kick this off. So um, what's, what have you been up to recently? Uh, hey, thanks, Steve. So what have I been up to? Well, some uh, interesting developments. I, on a whim, bought and purchased Discover Lands Unknown. Uh, sort of last minute, decided to take a day off of work and uh, ended up running around town with the wife and stopped into the game store and uh, mostly unexpected. So had my eye on it and uh, decided to pull the trigger. So um there was that, and uh, we are continuing our campaign through the uh, Dunwich Legacy, the Arkham LCG, and having a blast with that. So she is playing Rex, the uh, clue monster, just running around and swallowing up clues. It's been really fun. That's awesome. How, how about you? What have you been up to this week, Steve? Yeah, not a whole lot since the last recording, unfortunately. Um, been getting back into Lord of the Rings Living Card Game. Um playing with uh, my buddy Jake over on the West Coast. We are still trying to play through every single uh, quest that's out there until we win, beat it. So <laughs> we're still in the uh, the Harad cycle, so working through that. And other than that, just really uh, playing some games with you. So we played Discover just recently, Discover Lines Unknown. And I'm sure we're going to cover this game in much more detail, most likely with Mike sometime later on the podcast. So you guys can look forward to that. Um, but... I guess the other thing we've been doing recently since we've been on the podcast together has been playing a lot of Imperial Assault, and so that's why we're going to focus this episode on that uh, that content. So uh, let's jump into what, what has been happening in the community Slack. A couple of things you might be interested in. Uh, there is a Seventh Continent game being played in one of the uh, forums. So we created a separate uh, channel for that, and a bunch of our community members are taking turns of sharing pictures and and kind of playing through one of the curses cooperatively. So that's been pretty cool to watch and observe. So then the other thing, uh, due to our last episode, we had a lot of interest in talking about Lord of the Rings Living Card Games. So we also launched another thread uh, dedicated to that on the Slack channel. So go ahead and head, head to Slack if you want to join in 7th Continent or Lord of the Rings. Let's jump into some news. And for whatever reason, I feel like there are a ton of excellent cooperative games that are either launching Kickstarter right now or you can purchase. So we'll uh, cover as many as we can here. Um, there's a probably a good uh, six or seven of them, and we'll go from there. So let's start with uh, one of the big ones here on Kickstarter, Spirit Island Jagged Earth. So if you're not familiar with this game, this game is, I guess how I describe it, it's kind of like reverse Catan, where Catan's uh, your trying to settle on an island and you're playing competitively in the spirit island you're doing exactly the opposite of that you're playing cooperative of course because that's what we're covering the channel <laughs> so but you are these spirits um you could be like a there's like a, a river spirit a shadow spirit a, a earth spirit there's a bunch of different t- types and you are working with natives to kick off these colonists that are trying to um settle on the, the island 
So that's the premise of it, and it is an amazing game. It's one of my actually it's my favorite game at at the, this point in time. Um, and this is the I want to say it's the second expansion, and it's a big expansion for the game. So they're adding a lot of more um, spirits you can play, and each spirit is very very different than any of the other ones. And they're adding some other mechanics as well that's kind of interesting. So uh, more adversaries, more cards. Um, one of the mechanics they're adding is something called Badlands. So it's uh, kind of a uh, land that is very difficult to to inhabit, both for the Dahan as well as the colonists. So anyway, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, I think it's fairly unanimous across the board for uh, the rest of the co-op cast crew, uh, Mike, Peter, and Con for sure. Uh, we all love this game. So that Kickstarter project is funded, and it's going to be ending November 16th. So go check it out if you're interested. Okay, the next game I'm going to talk about is Street Masters Aftershock. So if you followed our content recently, uh, Mike did an awesome playthrough of this on the, the YouTube channel, One Stop Co-op Shop. And there is a rather large expansion launching for this game as well. So this game is pretty cool. It's a... Uh, it's what the Salad Brothers are calling a modular deck system game. And it's you are all playing as martial artists trying to take down a big bad boss on a random environment. And so how it works is with this modular deck system, you're grabbing a, a set deck of cards that represents a fighter. A set deck of cards represents uh, the enemy, uh, which includes the boss. And another set of deck of cards that represents the, the stage or the environment. And you grab the environment board and you populate however, however your, the stage deck says. And each of those decks will control how those elements affect the game. And so you can mix and match however you want through this game. And it's, it's a pretty fun game. I'm really enjoying it. And so Aftershock is adding uh, a giant box to hold all the content that's been out and will be out for this, um, this Kickstarter. And adding more fighters, more enemies, more stages, just... Overall, more goodness. So if you want to check that out, it's Street Masters Aftershock. And I'd just like to chime in here, Steve, and say uh, I am really looking forward to playing this. Um, so, Yeah, hopefully we get this to the table soon so you can try it out. I think you're going to really like it. Uh, it's it's one of my, it's probably my top 20 at this point. I'll have to figure it out exactly. But really fun game. And after we get these, some of these other games played, we'll definitely get that to the table. We'll, we'll get your opinion. So... So that Kickstarter is currently funded, and it will end November 20th. Okay, the next game we'll talk about is Sword and Sorcery Ancient Chronicles. So this game is a rather large uh, dungeon crawl game. Uh, you can play one to five players, and you are choosing a, a hero and building maps and just chucking dice and killing bads and, yeah, leveling up and getting cool loot and all that fun stuff. So it's pretty much your uh, your classic classic RPG dungeon crawl fantasy style game. Um, actually, uh, Elijah and I have been playing the campaign together for quite some time. We've taken a break from it just because there's just so much. It takes a while to play these campaign games, and there's so many other games to play. So, um, but this is the expansion to it, which is technically a prequel to it. So uh, it's all backwards compatible, but there's the, the in the timeline. It actually happens before the events of the current campaign which is immortal souls and so they're adding uh, more heroes ton of more enemies um they're streamlining up a little bit and they're adding a bunch of new features uh more minis of course 
a really interesting way of interacting with the towns now. So they're adding a lot more to that and a lot more uh, story choices and branches from there. Uh, familiars, which I'm really excited about in the game. So really looking forward to that one. Yeah, Steve, I took a look at the Kickstarter and there is just a lot of content here um, in the box. And uh, of course, playing through the campaign with you has been um, quite epic. Um, definitely a lot going on in the game. Very interesting combat decisions. And the story, of course, uh, has its funny moments, which I think uh, it sets it apart from many of the other dungeon crawlers out there. Yep, and that was Sword and Sorcery Ancient Chronicles. Uh, it's currently funded, and it's going to finish the campaign November 21st. If you want to see more about this game, I know Colin has a playthrough of it, and I think he's planning another playthrough play of it in the future. But there's another channel um, that you can check out. It's called Meet Me at the Table, um, and he's just got done wrapping up a, a play of it as well. So I'll put a link in the description below so you can check it out, and and uh, Barrent, who is running that YouTube channel, he's actually on our Slack too. So if you want to chat with him there, feel free to reach out. And yet another big cooperative game on Kickstarter, Atlantis Rising, the cooperative worker placement game. Theme is your Atlantis, and it is currently sinking. And it's kind of interesting because this is actually a worker placement game, hence the title, of course, right? <laughs> but the interesting thing about this is the best spots to place your worker are towards the edges of the map. And that's also where the biggest risk for the, the the island to sink. And so you might lose that action. So it has a lot of you know risk reward where you're gonna place your workers. Um, I've not played this yet, uh, but I know Colin has on the on One Stop Co-op shop, and he definitely raves about this one. So keep an eye out for it. That's Atlantis Rising. So that's Atlantis Rising. It's currently funded, and the campaign will end December 1st. The next game I want to talk about is actually not on Kickstarter and is currently available now. That is Heroes of Tyranoth by Fancy Flight Games. So this is another Salad Brothers game. Uh, the Salad Brothers we talked about earlier in this episode was Street Masters. Uh, this game, um, I was fortunate enough to, to play it at Gen Con, and it is quite fun. I'm definitely going to be picking this up. And I know that Colin has already picked it up and is currently doing a playthrough on the One Stop Co-op Shop channel. So go check it out there. But if you're familiar with an, another game, a Warhammer Quest Adventure Card Game, this is the re-implementation of that. Unfortunately, Fantasy Flight lost a license to continue that, that uh, game series. So this is kind of their um, return to that uh, game system, but in their own universe of Tyrannoth. Uh, on Slack, I feel like everyone on our Slack channel has been seeking this game out. So there's a lot of excitement around it on our community. So if you want to chat with other people who are inter interested, go check it out there. But yeah, um, in this game, you are playing as one of four different classes and of uh, fantasy characters. And you have action cards to use. Uh, like you can uh, attack, you can explore... You can aid other people, and you can uh, rest and heal. And so you are trying to progress through locations and kill enemies and generally kill a boss, but there's a, essentially a adventure card or quest card that tells you um, what you need to do to win and how, how to actually progress through the, each, each uh, challenge. 
And I'll just chime in and say, uh, Steve, my copy comes in three days. And uh, I did purchase the original Warhammer Quest uh, card game. Um, had a lot of fun with it. My son really loves it. I love the uh, balance between it and the mechanics of uh, how you aid and combat and explore. And uh, unfortunately, about two months after um, I purchased it, um, Fantasy Flight announced they lost uh, the license. So it was a little disappointing for me knowing there would be no more content. So I'm really pumped to receive my copy and get it to the table. Yeah, I hope this does well for them because this game has potential for a lot of expansions and they can do have a lot of fun with this. Um, One thing to note that if you did play the Warhammer Quest Adventure card game, that box was set up to be a full campaign amongst all the little adventures you go on. Here's a turn off is not that. This is uh, all these are standalone adventures. Um, That's not to say that maybe sometime in the future they do a campaign, but that's all speculation at this point. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, here's a Tyrnoth. Then this game we'll talk about is Arkham Horror 3rd Edition. So I consider Arkham Horror the granddaddy of cooperative board games because I believe that it was the very first cooperative board game, at least the modern ones. I'm not sure if there's like some obscure ancient... I know stones and sticks cooperative board game back in the day, but at least for <laughs> for us modern modern uh, board gamers, that this was the first one, uh, the granddaddy of them, and so this is finally getting a third edition of it. Uh, so yeah, Steve, I know a little bit about Arkham Horror Third Edition. We have some uh, folks in Slack who are playing it, and um, one of the interesting things they've done is kind of try to streamline the combat and the system. Uh, one thing they're also doing is bringing together. A lot of the consistency between the in the Arkham Files universe, so the LCG, the characters, um, and they've done that even more with uh, Arkham Horror Third Edition, streamlining the lore and the observation, and a lot of the characteristics shared between the characters. So quite interesting to see how this one ends up uh, turning out for Fantasy Flight. Yeah, so if you didn't catch by the title, this is your Lovecraft game where you're playing as investigators trying to take down a big ancient boss. So. In Arkham, of course. So unlike uh, other games like Eldritch Horror you might be familiar with, which is more of a global setting, this is lo- localized in t- in uh, the city of Arkham. Uh, so if you're interested in, in this game, I believe we will have more content coming out soon. I'm not sure what type of, kind of content it will be, but I know Mike uh, from the other side of Co-Opcast has a copy of this and has been anxiously waiting to play it. So expect to hear some content or see some content from him soon on this game. And the last game I'll mention in the news is Discover Lands Unknown, also a fantasy flight game where you are survivors trying to explore and escape from a land where you're not really sure how you got there. So there's a lot of different settings. Could be a desert, jungle, forest, island, or mountains. And when you buy this game, you really don't know what you're going to get because this is a quote-unquote unique game. And what they mean by that is while there are shared elements and components amongst all the games, your exact combination of components and stories and cards and all that will be different than anybody else's copy of the game. And currently, um, Elijah and I played this just recently, uh, and I've been talking with Mike, who did a playthrough of this on the One Stop Co-op Shop, so you can go there check that out. And those two plays and those two games, while they do have some similarities to them, um, are in my opinion been pretty different experiences especially the 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 lands they're in are, are a bit different and definitely the setting and the narrative is quite different even with just the first scenario so look forward for more information on that as i'm sure we're going to do a, a podcast covering that and that is discover lands unknown 
And now for the main segment of the show, the discussion around Imperial Assault. So we're going to uh, hop into our 3 by 3 where we give three pros and three cons each and um, talk about Imperial Assault. So what is Imperial Assault? Of course, a board game made by Fantasy Flight Games, set in the Star Wars universe. Basically a dude's on a map, so it's one versus many dungeon crawl. Of course, we have the uh, Rebels versus the Empire, uh, classic Star Wars universe. Um, it is a one versus many in the normal board game, but there is a co-op with the digital app, the application that's free for um, devices, computers, tablets, phones. And there is a skirmish uh, available as well. So you can actually sort of duke it out with characters in the Star Wars universe, set up a map and sort of go at it 1v1. So with that, Steve, I will uh, go ahead and turn it back over to you. And so, yeah, we're, because we're a cooperative channel, we're going to focus on the co-op with the digital app. And so Elijah and I have actually finished the first two campaigns of this. The first one being Flight of the Freedom Fighter and the second one being Jabba's Realm. And we played, uh, we played the first one I played as a medical droid. And what you played as a, uh, what did you play with Elijah? It was a, a, a bounty hunter kind of? I think I was the Roydian bounty hunter. Yep. That's right. Yep. And the the one we just wrapped up recently, I was a I don't know like a stealth I know guys yeah, big surprise right a stealth commando Jedi <laughs> kind of dude. And uh, Elijah, what was your character again? Uh, so I was playing the commander role. Uh, he's basically a support character. Is able to dish out damage and do a little bit of defense, but he really shines when uh, he's aiding the group. So how it works is uh, the app will tell you your map tiles to grab, so you build the map. Um, you set your heroes out. You set any uh, special locations or objective tokens out you need to. And it'll tell you all the enemies you need. Uh, some of the enemies will be set for the uh, scenario. So it might be if you're chasing down a Imperial officer, for example, you know you're going to have a specific officer in there. But other times, it will actually randomize the enemy through your entire collection. Because what you can do is you can set in the app all the expansions you have, and it will... It knows what you have and will randomly pick one of those for for this uh, game. So it actually provides some some nice replayability there. But other than that, then you're just kind of playing the game um, mostly similar to how you'd play it in the normal one versus many campaign game where you have uh, a couple of actions and you can move and attack and and normally use, use your weapons like that. But there's a few other changes with how like healing works in that game. But... And combat is resolved through dice in this game. So you'll grab different colors of dice, which has different um, distribution of hits on them. So like the red dice are heavy damage dice, but they don't have much else on there. And blue dice are great for range. They give you extra range. The yellow dice give you more surge. Your green dice are kind of like your normal dice. And so you'll you grab these, and you'll grab some defense dice. And there's two different types of black, which is, I don't know, more of a, a uh, strength defense um, endurance dice and the white ones more of your um, your evasion type dice and you'll grab these based upon the enemies you're attacking or, or yourself that's defending roll them all out cancel your, your results and uh, use the results to power any special abilities you may have on your character card or any of the, your level up abilities or even your uh, your items and uh, that's yeah basically how it works so so, with that said, let's go ahead and jump right into the review. So, we're going to cover this review by talking about three uh, cons and three pros each. So, I'm going to start off by our least important, our number three num uh, con and pro, and work our way to our number one con and pro. 
So with that said, how about we start off with a number, thir number three con. Elijah, you can go ahead and go. Yeah, so my, uh, my number three con is the setup and teardown. So um, this is not really unique to Imperial Assault. Um, of course, as board gamers, we are very familiar with setup and teardown, uh, but sort of unique to dungeon crawlers in general, dudes on a map, anything tactical, is the time it takes to set aside the tiles, uh, connect them and um, you know get out all the cards and shuffle everything it's uh, it's something that's inherent into most board games but is uh, particularly uh, noticeable in this game especially with the way that the application works with Imperial Assault so um, to I guess avoid spoilers or for whatever reason Fantasy Flight has decided not to let you know what tiles are used in the scenario that you're going to be playing so um, a lot of it really is just having all the tiles available and all the characters. Um, and then as you play through the app, it will sort of build it out. And so um, that's kind of um, frustrating for me, kind of a con um, that just to have all those tiles, it does take up a lot of real estate on the table. Um, and then it sort of ruins a little bit of the mood where you need to find these tiles and connect them and get the cards and get the guys. And, um, and then, of course, when you're done, the table's just covered with tokens and shits and dice and, you know, everything else. So it's, uh, it's my number three con, Steve, is the setup and teardown. Yep, I completely agree with that, and I might have some more to say about that later. <laughs> so we'll talk. I'll add my own more comments. Spoilers, later. a little bit of spoilers there, right? <laughs> so, so that said, I'll jump into my number three con, and I'm my number three cons the AI system, and so it just feels it's really hard to describe this, but it feels wonky and it's fairly imprecise. So and it kind of leads to these rules ambiguities. Uh, so how it works is the app will let a hero go, or a rebel go in this case, because he always plays rebels. Um, and you take a turn, you'll say when you're done. And then it will choose from amongst the uh, enemy groups that haven't gone yet. And then it'll pop up a, a screen that shows you um, a list of actions it can take. And the list might be, I don't know, six six items long or something like that, right? And you start from the top and work way down, and you just go down one by one and see, um, starting with the first one, if you can resolve it, you go ahead and do it. And you, you keep going down this list until you take care of uh, two actions worth of items. And if you don't, you might not do all the things on the list, you might not do the last few. Or maybe you can't do the first few of them, you wind up doing the last last two items in the list. And it works, I don't know, it works okay, I guess. Um, it's nice that it's a surprise, you don't know what they're going to do, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but a lot of it has this uh, reposition uh, mechanic where it says something like move forward to reposition three. And it's like, whoa, what, what, hold on, what does that mean? And so, <laughs> so basically the enemy needs to uh, move force, move up to four spaces to be within three spaces of another hero or rebel or something like that. Um, so it just winds up being really wonky. Like, well, okay, he moves here and to attack and then he after he attacks he's gonna run away and move to this other spot what what's location makes the most sense and it's really up to the players to decide and i wish there was more i don't know more something more concrete so it wasn't as much of a discussion or debate or maybe even impact to the game if you it made it easier or harder based upon how you, you decided where the enemies were going to go in that so yeah that's my number three the ai system steve are you looking at my show notes 
<laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Steve, I'm going to jump into my number three pro. So um, my number three pro is the component quality. So this game from the um, box itself, which is very sturdy, uh, wonderful artwork, the miniatures. I mean, this is... Um, your typical fantasy flight quality. The cards are wonderful card stock. The artwork is absolutely amazing. The tiles are just wonderfully detailed. They fit together great. Um, so everything top to bottom, box down to the rule book is absolutely amazing component quality. So this is uh, actually my number uh, th three pro. So I think we kind of take it for granted in this digital age, but there have been some games released, um, Terraforming Mars, <coughs> Cough, that um, when released, they just didn't quite have the component quality I think that a lot of us have come to expect. And Fantasy Flight really sets the bar on that. So um, for me, this is my number three pro is actually the component quality. Man, I'm disappointed I didn't put that on my list. You're exactly right. Yeah, the minis are great the tiles are great the cards quality is great and one thing that i feel like would get over overlooked a lot is the app itself like the app actually has awesome thematic music in it and it really sets the mood and the, the animation transitions are great love it yeah that's so true so uh, how about you steve what's your uh, number three pro my number three pro is the level design and what i mean by that is um kind of how they each uh scenario is set up so, like other dungeon crawlers, it's still a lot of go from point A to point B and kill all the baddies. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's here as well. It's here in basically every dungeon crawler. It's not really a really unique issue. Um, but I feel like they generally do a pretty good job of throwing a twist in there uh, to change up that formula. So, some other uh, stages might have uh, NPCs. Like, uh, not really much of a spoiler, honestly, but you might have like a setting like maybe a cantina where you might go talk to people or might be some other uh, creature or maybe the map itself is laid out as a a ship and they might have uh, objective tiles on that to represent different parts of that ship that you can go interact with. And so it really helps keep make every level you play on uh, have a unique twist and, and a different, maybe even a puzzle to solve as you're approaching. And so I really appreciate that quite a bit. You are definitely looking at my show notes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm no, I'm kidding, again. dude. It's funny. Yeah, no, it's funny. <laughs> well, uh, let's jump to your number two then. So let's talk about my number two, Con. It would be the leveling choices seem limited and the skill tree that sort of uh, is available to your character um, is seems limited. So it's this is totally star wars and um it's very cool there is a leveling up system um, as you um, proceed through the campaign you'll unlock xp cards um and what fantasy flight here has done is basically for each character they have four um four levels right one two three four and for each level there's two cards to pick from so essentially your tree is uh, a branch of two at each level and in my mind, it's just not enough. I mean, it's, it's, it is still cool. Um, the choices are fun. So I never really had a card at uh, any level for each character throughout both campaigns that was not really, uh, didn't have any appeal. But I just feel like there should be a little bit more distinction. Even one more card would really, uh, per level, would really um, help set some just, I don't know, you'd feel a little bit more 
uh, like you had a little bit more choice or just maybe the way that you purchased the cards. You and I had talked a little bit about this. So uh, the way it goes is, you know, at level one, you pick a level one card. At level two, you pick a level two card. And um, it just feels like there could have been a little bit um, something different done there. So maybe you uh, pick a level one card and at level two, you pick another level one card. Um, so something like that. And just the skill tree, just again, the way that your character sort of grows um, is cool. You definitely grow in power, um, some cool skills that you'll unlock. And sort of semi-related, the, supp the supply cards seem repetitive. So this just kind of goes a little bit, um, I don't know, with the cards that are available to you. But um, as we played, we did see a lot of some of the same cards like, oh, this again, and oh, you got that again, and oh, that's cool. And I guess I would just like to see a little bit more variety in the skill tree and a little bit more variety in uh, the supply cards. So that's my number two con. And um, I'll turn it over to you, Steve. Uh, what do you have? We actually aligned on this one. My number two con is also the leveling up system. So apparently I am looking at your show notes. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I'll just add a little bit more to what you've already just talked about. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The one, two, three, four XP cards, and there's only two choices of each. So like you said, two choices of level one cards, two of level two, so on and so forth. So really every, it's like every other, sorry, every, Every other mission, not exactly, but about to that, um, you'll pick between one of these two choices. So you uh, you only ever have, like you said, uh, these two choices to evaluate. And yeah, they're both cool, but man, I just wish there was more to it because it doesn't really feel like it's my character. I, like I want to pick some unique combination that maybe someone else hasn't done. It makes it feel more more me, I guess. And I mean, the simplest uh, solution, and I uh, we talked about this, and you mentioned already, is maybe you just gain that experience and you can store it up and spend it all later. So maybe the first experience card I get is a level four XP card, but I have to save up for it rather than forcing you to get a level one, then a level two, level three, level four. So, Or like you said, maybe a few more cards for each class, which at this point I don't think they could do because each of those come from their own sets and it would just be a kind of a pain to, to, to buy those all separately here. But, yep, totally agree. The leveling up system isn't the greatest, so number two con. And I'll just echo real quick that, um, you know, a good example, I think, that uh, a game that does this really well is Sword and Sorcery. So when you pick a character, um, you pick between sort of uh, order and chaos, dark and light, and um, that really defines some of the cards that are available to you. You have a common pool, but you also have cards that are specific to sort of the path that you choose. And and there are just many more cards that you can pick from and, and they're, you know, and so I, I guess I would have just liked to see something a little bit like that, but it is what it is. Agreed. So let's jump to your number two pro, Elijah. So for my number two pro, I'll just jump into it here. It is meaningful, tactful choices and real decisions. So um, this is a game that at every turn, every die roll, every card, Every item you buy at the end with the money that you have, it's very meaningful. There are a lot of decisions here. This is not a game that plays itself. This is a game that you absolutely have to be involved in. So you sort of have the chaos of the moment, right? As you're um, rolling the uh, run around the Death Star and you hit your head on a gate as it's closing, for example. 
Um, and so th there's still the dice that are there and you, you have ways to mitigate it. But this is absolutely, like I said, a game that can't play itself. Uh, a lot of meaningful decisions and discussion about you go here, where do I go? Uh, you know, I'm going to throw this down and then lob this grenade. And, oh, man, I wish I would have had that grenade. And do you go for this door? I'll grab that crate. And so for me, this is great. This is really what Imperial Assault is. At the end of the day, it's dudes on a map, awesome component quality, and it's just fun. I mean, you're really making some great decisions. There's a lot of teamwork going on, especially with the app. Um, you, as you and I went back and forth about who's even going to go first and how can we use um, allies. And so throughout the campaign, you might acquire an ally that, um, for example, we had IG-88 that was fighting alongside uh, us. And how do we utilize him? You know, do, can I use my skill and buff him and send him in? And then so I, I just love that. That's my uh, number two pro is the meaningful choices that you make the tactical decisions and sort of um, it's just all very real. Um, so there is that element of chance, but it's just definitely central to the game. And yeah. how about you, Steve? No, that's a great point. I agree. I mean, luck is always going to be a component in this game with, with all the uh, dice rolling, of course. But man, when you're sitting down there and you're just mulling over a strategy and how to approach this, this problem in front of you and you have these long discussions like who should go first and, and yeah, it totally makes a difference in these games. Totally agree with you. It's great. Great point. My number two pro is a little bit different. Um, it is actually the narrative adventures. And so this is something I didn't mention in the description, but as you're playing the campaign, not every scenario you play is consists or consists of putting together a map and putting your, your dudes on the board on the map and running around a board. Um, some of them are literally you're just sitting in front of the tablet and you're reading a bunch of paragraphs. And they're describing a relevant uh, situation, a story moment that happens in your campaign. And at the end of these, you are making choices um, about what to do. So it'll give you like maybe maybe three, maybe even two choices of how you want to approach the situation. And, you, and these are very meaningful. You you touch that uh, option in the app, and guess what? That's you're gonna be stuck stuck with that choice for the rest of the game or campaign, really. So it was a nice break from always having to set up a map and run through it and still getting that RPG, that, that theme started really dripping in and ex that experience. I liked it a lot. The narrative adventures. So do you want to share your number one con, Steve? I'd love to hear it. Oh, you want my number <laughs> one con to go first? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> Why? Well, do you think you know what it is? <laughs> Uh, I have no clue. You I'm, surprise me every day, Steve. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure you know what my number one con is. <laughs> so, especially since I alluded to it earlier. So, but, yep, my number one con, map setup. So, we already mentioned that a little bit, but there are a lot of map tiles in this, and there are different shapes, so some that's a little harder to sort through. Not a huge deal. They're numbered fine, so it's not too bad to locate them, but the numbering system is uh, repeated on different sets, so... Now, you have multiple like 1A tiles, for example, and so you really have to look at that expansion icon symbol too. Not a huge deal, but it's just something else. But the big thing is it just disrupts from the flow of the game. Like in the beginning, setting up a map for the first time, it's fine, but it's I always like it when you can sit down at a table and you have the game all set up, people come over, and you just sit down and play. You don't have to like go through... Uh, the monotony of trying to find all these tiles, set it up, and and while people are like ready to actually play, you don't want to lose their atten attention. And and there are moments in these uh, scenarios where 
you have to change scenes essentially, and so you have to build a whole new map. And it's cool, it's a surprise, but man, it really breaks that that flow and that mood when you have to stop the game, and it's not a it's not a quick process. And like you said earlier, I completely agree. I think it'd be so much better if they at least listed what tiles you have up front so you can have them sorted. Or if you want a surprise, um, I know Elijah, you mentioned this, and I think it's a great idea. You know what? Just throw some extra tiles in there. So yeah, you're grabbing wasted components you're not going to use, but at least that's part of the surprise. You don't know exactly what's going to come out. So anyway, that's my number one con. Uh, that map setup just breaks from the, the experience. So interesting. Um, we've had a lot of uh, similar things overlapping here. So my number one con is actually the AI in the app. How about that? <laughs> so that is quite interesting. So the my number one con is the AI in the app is tedious. So as you play the game, your the AI is is dictated by the app, and and it can vary. You get used to it, um, but it is a little bit tedious. And and as Steve had mentioned earlier. Um, it's just subject to interpretation. And so you can play the grim rule where you, you know, it's worse, the, the worst possible scenario for the rebels. Um, and it's just, it's a little frustrating. It's not always clear. Um, and you know, you do the best you can, but it seems like every turn, every time a guy is attacking, um, it's, it's always a little bit of analysis that has to happen and it's, it's fine. It is what it is, but it is a little bit tedious. Um, and this goes along to, this is kind of all together, but my number one con's a little large here. Um, that kind of directly related to that AI, the whole reason is, is the game is not co-op. And so that's also really like my number one con of this game is it's not co-op, right? You go buy it off the shelf. It is a one versus many. And so it's not co-op without the app. And I would have just loved to have seen this be a co-op game right out the gate from Fantasy Flight and then maybe add the skirmishing later in a one versus many with maybe some sort of expansion pack or something. Um, and the fact that it requires an overlord just necessitates that the co-op sort of life in this game exists in an app. And it just... It works. It's great. We've played through the campaign. Many people are happy and have a lot, you know, we've had a lot of great times. Um, but it's my, definitely my number one con. I just, I wish there was a better way that the AI, AI was handled um, in this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll add to that too. Like the items, for example, they have costs associated with them. So you can buy them in the market for X, X amount of uh, credits. But in the app, because this is co-op and things are balanced differently, that cost is meaningless. You have to look at the cost which exists within the app to buy stuff, and your credits are all maintained within the app itself uh, due to this rebalancing of it. So it really wasn't designed, um, the co-op at least, to fit nicely um, in the system they had planned. So you really have to rely on that digital aspect to help you out quite a bit. And I appreciate what Fantasy Flight's done here. Um, so the app was rumored for quite some time. I'm sure they've sold a lot of copies. There's a lot of happy board gamers out there. Um, but I just, you know, when we look at the Star Wars lineup from Fantasy Flight and just really any Star Wars game across all of the board games, um, it would just be great to have a pure co-op Star Wars game right out the gate. Um, and my wish list would even go beyond being able to play co-op as the Rebels or co-op is even the Empire would be amazing. So, um, so yeah, that's my number one. Um, the AI is, um, is my number one con for me on this game. So I'm going to jump into my number one pro, Steve. So um, with all of this doom and gloom of con, let's talk about the number one pro. So it is totally Star Wars. 
the stories, the missions, and the characters. This game drips Star Wars. It is absolutely nothing else. You could not reskin this. I know it has its roots in Descent. Um, you can feel the system there and the engine behind the game, but uh, there is nothing like having IG-88s uh, by your side um, or having a probe droid explode in your face. Um, and just the effects in the app, the doors, uh, you know, and it's just totally Star Wars. Um, you running around stealth with your lightsaber. I mean, it, it's just amazing. So it's totally Star Wars in a box. Um, I won't give spoilers, but uh, if you buy, if you pick up this game and play in the app, there are times when we were just literally laughing and having fun, just like a throwback to the movie. And so it was like, it was a cinematic moment. Like you felt you were really kind of a part of the story, a part of the Star Wars universe. And so um, the missions, as you had mentioned too, there's some side missions where you're reading and you, you definitely have, um, you get invested in the story and the characters, of course, it's uh, it's just all fun. So it's totally Star Wars. That's my number one pro. This game I would play purely because it is Star Wars. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So um, curious what you have for your number one pro, Steve? <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this. My number one pro, the uh, short title I have for it, is Cinematic Moments. <laughs> Quite literally <laughs> the exact same thing. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I'll just attack on to what you said already. Like There are times where we're playing this game, and not get to get spoilers, of course, but we'll just, we just stop like, wow, that is totally that XYZ scene in that movie, and we're kind of like in it. It's not exactly the same scene, of course, but it's totally like, you can see the inspiration they took from that, like, I can see the designers at the table like, oh man, let's have them have this happen so we can put them in this movie scene and see how people react. And it just makes it, I don't know, it just drips Star Wars so much. There's things that you see in the movies that be like, man, when I was a little kid, it'd be really cool if if I was a character in that, I could do this stuff. Well, yeah, you could totally have that experience to some degree in this game. It's quite fun. And like you said, all it's the Descent systems running in the background, of course, mechanically is there. But when you're playing this game and you're talking about the different characters and really into the theme, it just it just melts away. It's Star Wars is definitely there for sure. So I'll give my overall thoughts on this game, Steve. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's a great game. There's a lot going on in the box. Um, so with the you know when you purchase this game. Um, in the box itself, you get the Overlord, right? So you have the one versus many. You have the skirmish mode where you can sort of uh, play, you know, versus and just pick Darth Vader and pick Luke Skywalker and go ahead and duke it out. And then, of course, with the free app, you can actually play co-op. So um, there's just a lot of content in the box. The production quality is great. The story is great. It feels Star Wars. You know, there is some level up choices uh, that you know you might be constrained on the setup and tear down is something you'll have to just work with and and again I think that's uh, partial you know not partial to this dungeon crawler just kind of is what it is um, and then the app you do have to get kind of used to the AI and things but um, it's a great game I had a lot of fun playing through the campaign and um, you know I'm definitely excited I feel that this is uh, obviously something Fantasy Flight is going to continue to support so I'm really curious uh, to see where they go next with the app and uh, more campaigns. Yeah, so my final thoughts are going to be somewhat similar to yours in that uh, really enjoyed it. It's not my not my top dungeon crawl, not up there. I think there's other ones that are better than it, but it's Star Wars, and that sells it so much for me. I'm not a, I don't know, I don't know if I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I, I really like the intellectual properties. One of my favorites for sure. And having just having the, the option of playing 
an RPG like that in Star Wars is excellent. Big fan. Now, I will say that with all the negatives we have here, here with the map setup and the rules, ambiguities, and stuff like that, if you're not into Star Wars, I'm not sure I could recommend that. I, I really do think you have to like the, the Star Wars uh, universe to get into this game. But if you do like the Star Wars universe, yeah, totally check this out. Um, it's worth even worth going through even those uh, hiccups of trying to figure out the AI positions and in the map setup because you'll wind up just um, remembering all these movie moments and scenes and just living out the universe. It's great. I guess the other thing I mentioned real quick is the campaign itself. I don't feel like it's overly long. I feel like it's about the right length where I'm not committed to well something like gloomhaven which you're like almost never complete so but um it, it's a number of scenarios for sure and it's it takes a while to play through each one but it doesn't really overstay its welcome for me yeah and i would agree with you steve um it was about the right feel um you know playing through and again the loving leveling up of our characters um was about right so and then i'll echo echo your comments about the game so if you love Star Wars, you know, obviously take a good hard look at this game. If you don't, um, as far as Dungeon Crawl is concerned or sort of tactical, um, you could approach it from the sci-fi aspect. Um, but, uh, you know, that would ultimately be up to you. And that's going to wrap up a review for Imperial Assault for episode 57. If you have any news or upcoming games you want to discuss with us, join us on Slack or email us at onestopcoopshop at gmail.com or mvpboardgames at gmail.com. I'll try to get back to you. And if you haven't joined our Slack, and we mentioned it multiple times on this uh, episode already, uh, just check the show notes and it should be a link for you to join. So we can't wait for you to join us next week and we'll see you at the next stop. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Co-OpCast, your one stop for cooperative game news and reviews. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please review us on iTunes. And while you're there, check out Mindless Fate. They provide our bumper music. Also, check out Colin on his YouTube channel, One Stop Co-op Shop. And follow us on Facebook at One Stop Co-op Cast. Finally, join our Slack group by emailing us at MVP Board Games for continued discussion on these topics throughout the week. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, we were trying to get this played uh, recently, but with some of the other games, we were trying to knock knock out knock it off our li- playlist. We haven't gotten to it quite yet, but we'll remedy that. Remedy that. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've been trying to get this to the table, but we've been trying to uh, knock some other games off our to playlist. So we'll remedy that. Remedy. Oh my God, remedy, 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 remedy. Okay, I cannot speak tonight. Okay, third time's a charm. <laughs> The next game I'll mention is Arkham Horror. That's not how you say horror. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. That's awesome. And that is Arkham Horror. (laughs) Thank you so much for covering that. Yeah, so we're going to focus on the cooperative mode of this because that's the one that Elijah and I have played. We actually finished the first two campaigns. Um, the first one was some name I can't remember. 